Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not going to pass you again. Yes, sir. Let's go, man! Yes, sir. Dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we've been excited about this. I, I thought we lost you when we moved up, and I'm excited to get you here. We're excited to get you here. we got a heck of a foundation growing, man. It's going to be fun. Do me. Yes, sir. I can't wait. All gas, brother. Let's roll, man. Hey, I'm What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPie11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Hope everybody's going to have a nice, safe, and uh, and safe and fun July 4th weekend. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you ready with some Jets uh, with some Jets talk. Some exciting stuff in Jets land right now. Obviously, Morgan Moses uh, will cover that signing and how it imp- impacts the Jets for 2021 and going forward. We'll also talk a little bit of how Joe Douglas has really rebuilt this offensive line in, in a really short span of 18 to 24 months. Um, and then we'll touch on our first position battle group, which would be the quarterbacks. Um, pretty straightforward, who probably will be the starter, but um, want to break down a little bit of, you know, what's going to go on in the quarterback room going forward. And, uh, you know, then we got some special guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. Mike Tannenbaum, Eric Coleman, Olivia Landis, Ryan Clark. Um, you know, DJ Vianime from the beat will be coming back on. Connor Rogers will be coming back on. Uh, Joe Caparoso, Rich Tamini as well. So we got some we got some big heavy hitters coming on the podcast over the next couple of weeks and having a break down different position battles, cornerback room, linebacker room, running backs, uh, wide receivers, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, today we'll get into the quarterbacks, but first we'll, uh, we'll start with the offensive line. I would say the first uh, first big thing in news that came out of, uh, you know, from the Jets last week was they'd been rumored with Morgan Moses, um, you know, potentially being interested. He had taken a visit, um, you know, with the Jets. And I, I thought it was a move that, that could happen. I thought that the report that came out felt a little bit agent leak-ish um, just from the, from the terms that were being discussed and the fact that he, you know, was – took a visit well, the Jets were interested and then it kind of hurt. It kind of went dead silence for a while. Um, and if we've learned anything from Joe Douglas over the past 24 months, especially the past about six months, when stuff starts getting floated left and right, Jets are interested here. Jets, you know, look close to a deal. A lot of those guys have not signed. They've been a lot of agents using jet, the Jets as leverage. Um, I think of Juju Smith Schuster. I think of Trey Hendrickson. Um, you know, just a few guys that kind of popped to mind, Joe Tooney or Joe Tooney, you know, I apologize, but, um, you know, those guys did not end up signing here, um, you know, for better or for worse. And, um, you know, look, Morgan Moses, the deal got done. Joe Douglas worked his magic. I felt like considering 
you know, how well Morgan Moses played last year specifically and how durable he is um, for the Jets to be able to get a guy like that at such a cheap cost. I mean, I, I'm surprised more teams were not, um, you know, heavy and, and fast after Morgan Moses uh, age 29 season just finished up and um, a guy that, you know, played really, really well. There's a six rated, um, six graded right tackle last year, you know, according to PFF, um, you know, from a grading perspective, uh, you know, graded out at a uh, an 80.2, which was just, like I mentioned, the sixth highest. But all of, you know, throughout his career, you know, his best, George Fant's best season, which was last year, um, which is crazy to think about. Uh, you know, and he was in, in the low 60s, was an, was an average player, uh, average to below average right tackle. And, you know, Morgan Moses, 2015, 75.2, 2016.76.8, you know, well above fence, you know, um, best season last year, obviously, um, you know, in the 80s, like I said, sixth grade, highest grade right tackle. He's played all 16 games um, for the last six seasons, started every game. He's out there every week working. He's better in, in the run game than he is in the pass game. Athletic can move um, sometimes, you know, may, may get a little over aggressive and, and try to, you know, outsmart who, you know, he's going against having a couple of times with TJ Watt. And there's a good clip of uh, Brian Baldinger, you know, Baldy obviously breaks down all the Mackay Becton, um, you know, film every week and gets Jets fans excited, but um, he did a good job breaking down Moses on how he did, you know, left on an Island versus TJ Watt. And, you know, look, they, they went in there and they, they beat that Steelers team and um, you know, Moses played pretty well. Um, Look, at the end of the day, the Jets upgrade significant right tackle. It's a very low-risk deal. This is not the Ryan Khalil deal or Osemele or some of these guys that you know, McCagnan and Gase brought in that you know were failures. Those guys were either banged up with injuries or had been previously retired. Um, this is a guy that's in his prime, um, had interest elsewhere. Chicago is a place I thought he could end up. And um, if he did not end up with the Jets. And look. They're much better at offensive line now. I would say they're probably a top uh, 14 to 17 group, depending upon what you get out of Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton this year. They're well above average at right tackle. They're below average at right guard. They're average to maybe slightly above average if McGovern plays the way he did the second half of the season last year. Um, in addition to having a better left guard next to him, um, it should improve McGovern significantly. And in this offense, Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker are both projected to be um, above average to Pro Bowl level players this year, so the Jets the Jets have significantly improved this offensive line. Moses is cheap; it's one year, a um, little over three million and five point three. If they, he plays eighty percent of the snaps, which um, if he follows the same trend he has his entire career so far, um, he'll end up being about a five point three million dollar player this year. It's crazy that they use that money that they restructured Jamison Crowder. Um, about a week and a half ago, uh, you know, right, right to Mo Morgan Moses, like the entire amount that he's, they, you know, they kind of took from Jamison Crowder. They allocated that uh, to Morgan Moses. And, you know, look, they continue, Joe Douglas continues to add talent and also add depth to this roster. I think that's, that's super important. I think that's something that people cannot, um, you know, look over enough. They, in the past two years, it felt like every time, you know, they're starting 22 guys offensively and defensively while they weren't great, they were, could be competitive, it felt like, but they just never could get those 22 guys on the field at the same time. There was always one guy would be injured, and then you're down to a practice squad guy already, or, um, you know, they would miss, be missing one piece of the offensive line, one receiver, and you're starting, uh, you know, you're starting guys that are their fringe bubble, you know, bad 
you know, bad team players in terms of like their practice squad guys on a bad team, guys that, you know, or castaways at offensive line and receivers, corners, people that, you know, wouldn't make any other roster in the league. And I, I don't feel that way um, with this roster. Look, the Jets have still some holes. Yes. But the depth at offensive line now, the fact that you can now move George Fant to a swing tackle, which he's probably best suited for in big jumbo sets, be able to bring him in as that tight end package, which he did in Seattle well and have him, you know, create some space and holes for the Michael Carters and Tevin Coleman's and Ty Johnson's of the world. The fact that you can now, if Mekhi Becton, for whatever reason, has, you know, has trouble staying healthy, which he did last year, you have a guy that, you know, you can maybe flip Moses to left tackle, or you can flip Fant to left tackle, or, you know, you're, you're just, your depth pieces are so much better now with this Morgan Moses addition. And another, you know, in addition Morgan Moses is a great locker room guy. It was a lot of the things that came out of the Washington locker room that they were kind of devastated to lose the guy. He was kind of one of a heart and soul guy, somebody that people really, really respected. People loved people, you know, worked really hard. And, um, you know, it's something that can't be understated. The Jets have brought, you know, made this, made, been very adamant about, we want football guys in the building. We want guys who love being teammates, who love being football players, who want to win. Um, and, and I think Moses fits the bill in terms of ability, fits the bill in terms of, culture uh, and I'm, I'm very excited about the signing do i think you guys should be have the expectation that morgan moses is going to come in and be um you know the best right tackle in football this year no but do i think he if he plays at the level of a top 10 to 12 right tackle not even at the ability he did last year but even this you know slight step below i mean if he's you know 2015 2016 morgan moses the Jets are probably looking at either trying to re-sign him in the offseason or extend him, um, or he's getting a decent-sized deal, you know, a two- to three-year deal age, you know, going to his age 31 season next offseason when the cap jumps. So the Jets are in a good spot. Fant will fall off the books next year. Moses will, you know, they'll have to figure out what they're going to do and when we get when they get there, McGovern. So, the, you know, the whole right side of the offensive line is going to continue to be pieced together. Um, but now that you've got that left side stable and hopefully can get up to speed quick as quick as possible, and they can form a good relationship back to the Elijah Bear Tucker. McGovern can continue to improve, like I mentioned, and obviously with a much better left guard next to him. And you hope that one of the three of Cam Clark, um, you know, Dan Feeney, uh, Alex Lewis, and then Greg Van Ron, who's probably the, the favorite to win that right guard job at the moment you know, partner next to Morgan Moses. And you've got four or five guys that are average to, you know, average to Pro Bowl level linemen, all of them in their either entering their prime or in their prime. The Jets are in a good spot. And like I said, I, I think their offensive line went from probably 32, right, the worst offensive line of football by a wide margin in 2019. Um, you know, and we, we look back and, you know, that was the big, that was the big, you know, difficult one with Sam in 2019 was that, that was the worst offensive line I, I, I can even remember watching. Then, and, you know, Joe Douglas comes into an offensive line of Calicio Semele, who didn't want to be there, Ryan Cleo, who came out of retirement, and, um, you know, Kevin, Calvin Beecham, and you go, the list goes on and on. And it was just um, Brian Winters, who was playing through five, 1,500 injuries, and Alex Lewis, and all these guys. And it just, it was, it was tough to watch. And, and Douglas made it a mission. It didn't happen quite as much in 2020 as I think everyone would have liked. I think the offensive line was better. It was maybe the top 25 offensive line, maybe 25 to 28. And as much as that's not good, it, it was probably, even if it was 28 last year, it created a decent amount of run yards. And obviously running with Frank Gore and places, people like that, that are not, weren't going to hit the hole quite as hard. It made it a bit difficult. 
Um, you know, Makai Beckton certainly improved it. Joe Douglas spent the premium asset there, right? Rebuild, he's very he's dead set on rebuilding this offensive line. Took, you know, Calvin Beecham, you know, walked and he invested a top, you know, 11 pick in Makai Beckton. Left guard had Alex Lewis there. He's, you know, he restructured his contract, let him eva- evaluate him last year. Obviously, did not make the returns he was hoping for. Invest the top, you know, fourteen pick in Elijah Vera Tucker. In center, did not like the performance of Jonathan Harrison and and others. When you know, spent pretty decent sized money on Connor McGovern. Right guard has been kind of trying to take flyers. It feels like a bit um, with the restructuring of Alex Lewis and Greg Van Rotten on, on a smaller term deal. with Dan Feeney, who's a guy that has started off, you know, off, you know. Uh, the last four years, but has, has been uh, not as effective as his, you know, drinking and um, performance of the Islanders game, which is really fun and exciting as, as fan, but um, quite frankly, on the field, his performance, at least at center uh, with the chargers was, was less than ideal. So we'll see how the he translate. Maybe he, you know, maybe he can improve in this system. And then, like I mentioned, right tackle um, was a disaster as well. Uh, he invested money to you know have George, take a shot on George Fant it worked um, all things considered because you know most people were pretty pretty stunned by the amount of money that he gave George Fant based on his performance in Seattle George Fant played better last year than he has in his whole career played all 16 games and he's somebody that's now a depth piece and swing tackle and can fill in left tackle right tackle he's not going to play guard Morgan Moses is not going to play guard um, neither neither of those guys are fit to do so and then obviously we get back to Morgan Moses and, the, and Douglas went out and said, I'm, I'm going to get my guy. I'm going to get a starting caliber top 12 right tackle in football a guy who played like a top six right tackle in football, you know, 12 months ago and, and hoping, you know, continue to have, you know, protect, you know, my rookie quarterback and invest assets. That's the key here is Douglas has continued throughout the draft, throughout free agency, invest assets in my rookie quarterback who's on his first year of his rookie deal, maximize that, try to go win. Um, this year is obviously going to be more of, you know, trying to build some of those young guys, whether that's a receiver corner, uh, the running back room, you know, so on and so forth, but they're going to, they're going to try to go, you know, win games this year. Don't, don't mistakenly think they're not. And, you know, but the $75 million of cap space coming up and the cap, gonna, the cap's going to boom at 30 or 40 million for the entire league, let alone the jets who have, very few people that they need to pay. It's Marcus May and, you know, Q eventually. So, um, you know, they, the Jets are in a great spot. They've still got their picks from Seattle and Jamal Adams deal keeps, uh, you know, bearing its, bearing its lovely head. So, um, you know, the Jets are in a good spot. Douglas, again, rebuilt this offensive line. I really like the Morgan Moses signing. I don't think there's anything. It's very low risk again. Um, but it could pay off in, in a huge reward and, you know, continue to help stabilize this offensive line, which, again, I think is now a top 14 to 17 offensive line, um, depending upon what you get, how quickly um, Vera Tucker gets up to speed and how much Makai Beckton improves in year two. So we'll get into the quarterback room in a bit, but huge, huge signing by the Jets and, uh, you know, and just another piece of this offense that Joe Douglas has rebuilt this offseason in a huge positive way. Obviously, we uh, you know we got broke broke down the offensive line. Morgan Moses, how Joe Douglas has improved this team. Just want to reiterate again how how impressive this offseason has been from from a Jets perspective, just in terms of confidence. Um, you look at the way people reacted in the meeting. Yes, you've still got your people 
you know, I, I posted the article the other day that somebody was mentioning Zach Wilson's lack of lack of accuracy, and that the Morgan Moses signing will only, won't be able to help that. I'm not sure what tape they were watching because Zach Wilson's accuracy is one of his strong suits. Um, so very very weird there. But the general feeling and vibe we mentioned this last week on the you know the Jets take flight um, you know videos it's flight 2021 and just the confidence between Douglas Salah the scouting staff. Um, his pro pro and college scouting staff and continue to address, you know, the offensive side of the ball score points as Joe Caparoso loves to say is points. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. And we'll get into the quarterback room. Now it'll be our first position battle we'll breakdown. Obviously we're going to be, uh, you know, breaking down position groups each, each week, Eric Coleman in, uh, and Ryan Clark will both be breaking down corners and safeties and the DBs defense as a whole. My tandem is going to help, you know, help us with the offensive line and, in the tight end room and Olivia Landis will come in. She's going to be able to help us out as well. Um, like I mentioned, and, you know, we'll, we'll get a couple of different uh, people, DJ Vanime and uh, help, help break down the receivers, defensive line, Rich Mini, all those guys are going to come on. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for that as well. Like I mentioned, but quarterback room starter is going to be Zach Wilson, obviously. Um, I think there's, there's no brainer there. Zach Wilson, I think will get a good amount of reps in the preseason, not, not an overdone amount. I think he'll play, um, of the three games, I would say he probably plays a full, maybe three quarters to to a full game total ac- across the three games. Um, I don't think he'll play that third preseason game, and if he does, it'll be very very slim amount. I think he'll probably play the first quarter, maybe play three quarters, probably play the first quarter of um, game one, maybe a half, depending upon how things are going. Um, then probably similar. Similar for you know preseason game number two, and he'll get as many reps as possible. Um, the expectations for Wilson are, in my opinion, show both flashes and, and a semblance of consistency as the year progresses. I think if he can get better week after week, I think if he can avoid as many of the big the big mistake games um, as he can, I think those, some of those will happen. I think you can't get too high or too low. Um, which is impossible, obviously, as a fan base, you know, the Jets fan base. And and I understand that. But, you know, take the three touchdown, 300-yard games just as well as you're going to take the, um, you know, three interception and 147-yard games because they'll probably be both this year. Realistically, they play some solid defenses. The schedule is kind to the Jets in terms of the quarterbacks they do go up against. So I think the Jets will be in the LDB in a lot of games. I think they're well co- they'll be well coached. They'll be competitive. They have much better staff. Um, from an offensive play calling perspective, as well as an offensive talent perspective. And all those things may be true, um, you know, but the, the expectations for Wilson, again, over 17 games, can he play 17 games um, will be huge. Can he continue to improve? Can he show flashes? Can you go into the 2022 offseason with $75 million of cash space, multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks, and say we have the quarterback of the future, similar to where the Chargers, um, I think, feel and felt this offseason. Yes, it's a different situation. They had, they were replacing head coach and a lot of guys back from injury, and they they've already they had already been paying guys, so it's a little bit different. But they you know they need an offensive line help and to make themselves a playoff team, and they went out and got the Corey Lindsleys of the world, and and they feel pretty good about that. So, can the Jets be in that same spot going to next offseason where the expectation is playoffs at a minimum as a wild card team and competing with the division with Buffalo, New England, and Miami? That's the goal, and, and it all kind of hinges around can they develop Zach Wilson enough in this, you know, his rookie year to make you feel like we've got our guy going forward. So we've broken down Wilson a lot. We'll continue to break down Wilson. Everyone wants to talk about him. But um, the, the more interesting conversation, I guess, unfortunately, is who the back of quarterback is going to be going into uh, going into week one. So 
the options on the current roster, Mike White, uh, a guy that was the backup last year to Joe Flacco when he was, you know, playing in the third string quarterback. And he's been kind of hung around here for a little bit. Um, and then the infamous James Morgan, fourth round pick last year, Connor Rogers actually liked him coming out of the draft. Didn't like him for the Jets, but liked him coming out of the draft. And the Morgan thing's is tough. I think that him and White will get as many reps as possible in camp and in the offseason competing for that number two job uh, because the Jets need to know what they have in those two guys. They spent a somewhat premium pick on James Morgan considering that, you know, in the roster. And that's the frustration, you know, I have is that the Jets in a year in which they needed desperately um, to get guys to see, evaluate Sam Darnold, they invested picks in Cam Clark who didn't dress one time or dress one game, James Morgan who didn't dress one game and a punter and Brayden Mann who statistically was the worst punter in football last year. And I know he's a cult, you know, cult hero for a Jets Twitter, but he statistically was the worst punter in football. Um, so spending three, you know, three of your seven, you know, three, seven or eight picks on guys that did not play or were not good. Um, is definitely disappointing, but the good news is, is that the Jets have a chance now to evaluate Morgan and, and White. Um, I think they're going to give them every opportunity, especially the first two preseason games, to do so. If one of them wins the job, I, I think they roll with those guys. Similar to the cornerback room, I think they have a lot of young guys in the room and they, they want to continue to let them develop and, and see what they have. I would expect if a guy like a Nick Foles comes available, if a guy like a Brian Hoyer comes available, uh, maybe it's a Josh Johnson who's you know been with San Francisco um, and, and knows Salah a little bit and LaFleur a little bit. Maybe that, that's a guy who comes on board late in the preseason, maybe week three, and, uh, you know, comes in as a veteran presence and stability. Um, you know, was Sam great the last three years? No. Were the Jets 0-10 without Sam? And um, you felt good about McCown as a backup. I know Joe mentioned this on the, on the Turn of the Jets live YouTube. You know, he felt – he felt good about McCann as a backup. Obviously, they still lost some of those games with the, the horrible talent on that roster. Um, you know, you felt the 2019, the Luke Falks, uh, you know, of, of the world, um, Trevor Simeon's, you know, one, one quarter performance. You didn't feel good about that. Obviously, lost those games. And then even last year with Joe Flacco, who, you know, you you still it's still difficult to be competitive and the Jets have just not done a great job addressing that backup quarterback position. I think they either they roll with either Morgan or White and they keep, you know, two quarterbacks and then they probably keep a third. Uh, they probably potentially keep a third guy as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that because the last last year they only they rolled with two quarterbacks on game day to free up an additional spot, you know, elsewhere. And you know, we'll see if they continue to do so. I, I think they probably just carry three quarterbacks. It'd probably either be Morgan and White. And if it's not, I would assume it, it'll probably be, like I said, a veteran backup in Josh Johnson, Brian Hoyer, or Foles. Um, and then, you know, Morgan makes the roster and it probably means White. Um, White's time here will probably be coming to an end if, if that is the case. That's kind of my prediction at the moment. Again, I think it's super important they address this. I think they need to. Um, I think they need to get a true evaluation of what James Morgan is. If he's a long-term backup here and he can grow and, and be help, you know, be helpful for Zach Wilson and filling in spots if there ever is an injury, that's that's super ideal. I mean, and if he's not, you know, if he's not, he's gonna probably not be here very long. And um, it'd be unfortunate to see, you know, you know, see that pick kind of be wasted, but the end of the day they need to make a true evaluation on both guys and you know when they got one of these guys you got to hope similar to that right guard job is just going to take it by the scruff of the neck and win it because 
you know, that's, that's the way things work in the NFL and, and you got to hope Morgan, Morgan is going to do so um, from a selfish perspective. Cause I want, I like to see the jets have as many homegrown players on the roster as possible. And to use a fourth round pick on somebody you'd like to see them make the roster, um, you know, a year down the line. So that's kind of the, that way I view the quarterback room. Again, expectations for Wilson are continue consistency, continue to get better, um, avoid the, avoid the huge negative, you know, splash games and, you know, try to control, um, and get us get excited but not overly excited about the big big uh big performances which we'll hopefully see as well and then like i said i would expect them to evaluate week one and week two of the preseason you know morgan and, and white really fight for those reps and see who can impress the most um again i hope it's morgan from the aspect of uh you know the premium draft pick they spent on him and if not i believe they'll probably go and you know maybe it's uh they absorb nick full salary because they can and they, they, you know, they get a conditional seven up for, you know, 2024 or, um, you know, Josh Johnson, they bring in, who's a, you know, veteran has been on like 400 teams, but it was in San Francisco with Sala um, and before at one point. So maybe you go that route, maybe it's Brian Horry who doesn't make the pet, you know, the Pats quarterback roster because of, you know, being with Cam and Matt Jones and Stidham and all these guys. So, you know, that, that's kind of where the Jets, you know, leave themselves in a, in a back quarterback position, you know, position, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it does need to be addressed. 0-10 in the last three years without, you know, without their starting quarterback. And they haven't really been fairly competitive in any of those games. Maybe you say the Chargers game and the Patriots game in which um, they were competitive, but Flacco threw some of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in both those games. So um, whether it's the the bomb, the first and 10 bomb, he basically punted to the Patriots to give them the ball back and then the infamous um, <laughs> the infamous Pierre Desir uh, tank game or the Chargers game where he threw a five yard out that was going to was a pick six before the ball was even snapped. Um, but you know, they got, they got to address it there, but no exciting stuff overall for the jets and Morgan was coming in up, significantly upgrading the offensive line. George Fant now swing tackle, swing depth tackle. We, we broke down a little bit of, you know, how the offensive line has been rebuilt in the 18 to 24 month period. Um, and, and then from a quarterback perspective, you know, got to address the back of quarterback position, have to evaluate Morgan and white and hope that, you know, one of them wins that back quarterback job and you can feel okay, at least about going forward in the back quarterback situation. Um, but, you know, we'll got some exciting stuff. Please enjoy your holiday weekend. You enjoy your July 4th. Uh, be safe. Hopefully you can listen to this in the car and uh, enjoy yourself. And, um, you know, next week coming up, like I mentioned, we've got um, over the next uh, three or four weeks previewing training camp, Ryan Clark, Eric Coleman, Mike Tannenbaum, Olivia Landis, uh, Rich Shimini, DJ Vianime, Connor Rogers, Joe Caparoso. We've got a lot of stuff on, you know, on tap for you guys. Uh, Charlie Parkinson as well as a member of the 33rd team work with Mike Tannenbaum is going to help us break some defensive line stuff down as well. Um, continue to tune into the Badlands podcast. They've got a ton of great stuff going on. Um, you know, continue to turn it. You know, draft season will be back in October. Turn on the Jets live um, on YouTube. Stephen Russo and Stephen Zantz uh, Wednesday nights as well. I think they're joined by Bob Shusen this week, so that'll be pretty exciting. Oh, Greg Buttle will be joining the podcast, my pod as well. Um, Howie Wong, which we just got uh, situated, which is really exciting. Bill Pickle as well played, you know, played for the Jets. So um, very exciting stuff. And uh, make sure you have a you know happy and safe weekend. And uh, talk to you guys on Tuesday.